It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of the critically acclaimed book, Fall of the Boston Celtics which you can still download for free by logging on to www.clnsradio.com LHRbook. Welcome on in to another edition of Celtics Beat being brought to you today by our sponsors, the home of online video tutorials, lynda.com and Audible. Audible is the leading source of audiobooks online with over 180,000 downloadable titles to choose from. And because of your listenership, Audible is offering your first audiobook on them by simply logging on to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Well, is this it? Could today be the last day of a great Boston Celtics season? Last day in what has been a very successful, very enjoyable, and exciting 2015 NBA campaign? Game 4 is set for today, April 26th. That's coming up at 1 p.m. at the TD Garden on ABC. But right now, this is Celtics Beat, powered by Linda and Audible. Both of them, actually, are teaming up to offer some great free deals to our audience. AudiblePodcast.com slash Celtics to claim your free audiobook, as well as free online tutorials at Lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. In a ray of online video tutorials on virtually anything that may be of value to you in the game of life, but not sure there are any tutorials there on how to guard LeBron James in the game of basketball, which could ever be so valuable for the Boston Celtics. Of course, not sure it's humanly possible to put together such a tutorial as Celtics players, coaches, and fans are once again being victims of the man's greatness. I'll remember what he did here as a member of the Miami Heat in that infamous Game 6, going toe-to-toe with Paul Pierce back in Game 7 when he was with the Cavs back in 2008. Thursday night, Game 3, Cleveland Cavaliers win a ho-hum 31-11, and which sort of speaks for itself. It was that good. And when certain individuals achieve this kind of excellence, inevitably the dialogue emerges. And obviously such dialogue regarding LeBron James has gone back way almost since he came in the league because... That's sort of their new media. But I do want to get into this, and we will so later in the show. And we know such dialogue, obviously, where does so-and-so rank amongst the all-time greats? Is great player X already better than what we think is greater player Y? We'll talk about that. Actually going to pose such a question to our special guest coming up a little later. 2015 Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee and two-time world champion as a member of the Boston Celtics, number 10, up in the Garden Raptors, JoJo White. 
and obviously would love to talk to him about LeBron, the Celtics, his Celtics, and of course, his incredible achievement, and most importantly, him being inducted as a player into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Ceremony will take place out in Springfield in September. However, my conversation with him here on Celtics Beat will take place in just a few moments. As let's talk about this series, which I hate to say, as expected, looks as if it is winding down. Game four is set for today, this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Cleveland can wrap it up with a sweep. As I said on last week's show, and I will continue to say this, this is all bonus viewing material for Celtics fans. There are all bo- These are all bonus accomplishments, bonus experiences for the players and coaches on this team. Bonus, bonus, extra, extra, whatever you want to call it. There's absolutely nothing negative that can come out of this right now. Even before the series, a lot of people were giving the Celtics a game. Cleveland won 4-1. I even said as rewarding as this season is and will continue to be no matter what happens later today or in the coming days, this was all worth it. I expected this. I mentioned on the Facebook group, that's facebook.com slash Celtics Beat, I expected a sweep largely because LeBron is just too good. And, I mean, that's okay. To, To reiterate... For already, what, the 20th time, probably not the last time on the show, this is just all bonus material for this team as the season has already been a success and has been a success for pretty much the last month. So if this is all this is DVD extras if you're uh, ordering the Celtics 2015 as some sort of movie. It was a great season, and this season will pay dividends in the distant and, more importantly, near future. And today, very well, could be the last day where this highly entertaining and rewarding season comes to an end. At the very least, it is all but surely going to be the last home game because even if Boston can pull this one out at home in front of their home fans— Maybe catch the Cavs off guard a bit, continue to play hard as they have done so throughout the second half of this season and into the playoffs here against just this far superior and far more talented Cleveland Cavaliers team. Even if they do get this one today, it's definitely going to be the last game played in front of the Garden Faithful. I think we can safely say that barring a miracle of miracles, Cleveland will most certainly wrap the series up back in Cleveland Tuesday night if they can't do so this afternoon at the Garden because it's just so evidently clear how much superior Cleveland is in the talent department, and that was just not more clear for that matter in Game 3 back on Thursday night, as of course Game games 1 and Game 2, but Game 3 was in Boston in front of the Garden fans. A lot of people thought that maybe that could be enough for the Celtics to steal one from the Cavs. Uh, first off, can we forget this Cleveland chemistry BS that we, well not me, them, and you know what I mean by that, you know what I mean by them drum up during the season when there's nothing to talk about during those doldrum winter months of December, January, and February, and conversation needs to be generated for the sake of interest levels. Can we just stop that? And I was trying to, I said it on the show throughout the season. I think it's safe to say the Cavs are who we expected them to be. They are the clear-cut favorites to win the Eastern Conference, and I believe to do so easily, for that matter. And they are showing us why in the series. They are overpowering a solid Celtics team. I mean, this is not a doormat Celtics team. This is not a great Celtics team, but this is a good, solid team that in a full season is probably a above 500 team. And they're just overpowering the Celtics team. And I expect them to continue to do so against their remaining Eastern Conference foes on their way to the NBA Finals this June. But Back to the Gat game, game three, Thursday, and just where these two teams here stand in the series. I mean, Boston in that game, they, they kept bringing it. 
They kept coming at Cleveland. The crowd was great, which was something I was worried about going into the game with that 7 p.m. start. Historically, especially in recent years with the Garnett and Pierce years, that has been created a lot of issues with late-arriving crowds for the playoff games. That was not an issue back on Thursday. Great crowd there. Expect a good one today, even down 0-3. But the crowd was there on Thursday. The effort was there again for the Celts. But again, Cleveland with their talent, just whenever they needed it, they could outwill the Celtics for a pivotal basket to stop any momentum uh, that Boston had. Obviously, the big one being that Kevin Love three off the offensive rebound that really sealed the deal there in the final minute, minute and a half. And and speaking of Kevin Love, he finally had his breakout game, and they needed it as Kyrie Irving, the star of game one. He wasn't so hot, and that's just the difference, really. I mean, Cleveland, with their firepower, with their pure talent, they do not need to be perfect. They don't need to be anywhere near perfect, whereas Boston, including coming at it, they got to come at it with another worldly effort. Isaiah Thomas, Game 3, obviously he was great in Game 1 and Game 2, but Game 3, a shot wasn't there and obviously cost the Celtics. And this Boston, due to their circumstances, all their key players need to play well. When they don't, they don't have much of a shot. Cleveland, hey, they don't because of their talent pool and because of LeBron, whose C-plus game is just about, about as good as anyone else's A game, save for about six or seven other guys in the league. And I know people want to brush aside the, oh, who cares if the Celtics are playing hard, they're losing. Obviously, we expect anyone being paid millions of dollars to play basketball to do so with effort, and heck, I can do that, right? But there's a difference between playing hard and playing your hardest, because your hardest requires so much focus and attention, which cannot be maximized unless one has that kind of willpower, and such willpower is eventually drained out when frustration builds up, and I would think it's safe to say that the Celtics have been frustrated in this series, and that's not a basketball thing. That's a life thing. We apply effort to any activity that we do, yet when we continue failing or when the other side continues to get the best of us because they're better with what they do than we are, it's hard not to get frustrated. In fact, it's in, almost impossible just to just throw our hands up in the air and say, ah, screw this. I know when I log uh, on and try to beat my computer at chess in the morning, that agitation amounts and it's hard to expand upon your willpower to which you can maximize the amount of focus and concentration to where you can repeatedly apply your best efforts in doing what you do. But the Celtics here, and this is where I am so impressed in that they keep coming at Cleveland despite almost knowing in the back of their minds that Cleveland is just better and they continue to show why on the court. But the focus level of this team, and obviously that's a testament to the coaching and their methods and the methods resonating with the players on this team. And because of that, it's why I'm giving this group of Celtics a chance today. I'm pretty confident that despite the massive gap in talent, these guys are going to come out in what is the last game in front of their home fans, and continue to give that maximum effort. And who knows, maybe Cleveland, they don't dig down as deep. They know in the back of their minds how much better they are than Boston. And maybe the Celtics behind what I expect to be a pretty fevering crowd can ride some momentum, catch the Cavs, napping, and maybe steal one. It's possible. Put a gun to my head. I'm absolutely going with Cleveland today. I said sweep last week. They're showing no reason as to expect otherwise. So I'll stick with that. But I'm not writing off the Celtics today for one game. Won't do that, so it's going to be interesting to check out this afternoon, and something I expect to be very interesting is something we will not have to wait for, like Game 4 of this series. We'll get into it in just a few moments. Got former Boston Celtic and Hall of Fame inductee JoJo White after these messages. This is Larry H. Russell back here again, and let me tell you a little something about me. I'm always reading a book, or three, 
be it a revolutionary breakthrough on neuroscience such as Daniel Kamen's Thinking Fast and Slow, or even a philosophical masterpiece like Plato's Republic, I'm always doing whatever means to soak up as much knowledge as I can about the world we live in. And we can't do that without literature. But not everyone finds it convenient to carry around all six volumes of the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire with them. But there's a solution. My good friends over at Audible. Audible is a leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. You don't need to be all alone creating that impossible private time with our everyday lives of chaos to do some reading and relaxing. Audiobooks are great to listen to wherever. Be it in the gym, doing chores at work or around the house, driving, riding, shopping, whatever. Audiobooks are the remedy for you. And Celtics Beat and Audible are teaming up to offer you your first audiobook for free. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash CLNS. Okay, welcome back into Celtics Beat. Let's bring in our very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but I am going to give him one anyways. Member of the Boston Celtics championship teams in 1974 and 1976. His number 10 jersey hangs in the Garden Raptors and now NBA Hall of Fame inductee. That's JoJo White. JoJo, congratulations on the good word, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I am so excited. I can't, I guess you would know. I, I mean, this is, this is awesome for me. Yeah, I was, I was pretty much, that's pretty much how I wanted to start this interview off. I mean, now that we've had a few days to let this in here, let this set in, how are the emotions, uh, you know, still hanging on with you? Oh, well, I'm just excited. I mean, you know, uh, um, and to be ranked with the other, um, players who've gone through what I'm, what I'm going through. And I'm, I'm just excited, you know, to be able to take a step forward in things that, uh, are still ahead that, uh, you know, you have to go through. It's interesting to just to see how it's also sort of come full circle, especially for those 1970 Celtics teams that you were on. Obviously, we all know what Bill Russell accomplished during his tenure with the Celtics. I mean, I, I wasn't around then, but I heard something along the lines of 11 championships in 13 seasons. So I think I read that somewhere. Just like how I read much of your story a few years ago in that great biography by Mark Bodanza, Make It Count yeah. the Life and Times of Basketball Great Jojo White. Strongly suggest our audience to check it out. Remember actually having Mark on this show actually to talk about that book two years ago, but you had that Pantheon Celtics team in the 1960s. Then how revered those 1980s teams were here, not just in Boston, but pretty much around the country. But obviously the Celtics of the 70s, winning the two championships, and really a sustained level of success is one of the two or three best teams in the league starting there around 1972 and you guys had some good battles with the Knicks. But now you see many of those players that are in the Hall of Fame, be it Dave Cowens, John Havlicek. Is there anything special about joining your teammates there as well as being inducted this September with your coach, Tommy Heinsohn? Well, just, just all of that, 
you know, uh, to, to me, I mean, these guys were, you know, like brothers and and fathers, you know, as as you developed, you know, uh, um, uh, with, with, with 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 our, you know, growing as, as as Celtic players, and it seemed like you just, you know, I, I'm going through the, the tracks of what, you know, uh, my my team buddies who and and ones I went through. It seemed like it was just peeing on me, you know, at the time, and uh, being a a Hall of Famer or some kind of way still be involved, you know, with the, with the teams that we had when we were going through it, you know, personally. So I, it just seems like I'm, I'm supposed to be where I am and and continue to develop to be a part of, uh, you know, the things that happen ongoing, you know, once you finish, uh, you know, your days with the Celtics. I mean, you got you were on some really, really good Celtics teams, and obviously, you oh were, yeah, you were, you were a major contributor to such teams, being also a multiple-time All-Star yourself. But I sort of want to talk about the, those teams that you were on. I find that the 1970s to be really an interesting time there because there was never really a staple team for that right. era. Like there are in sports, sort of like the Casey Stengel Yankees of the 50s or the Celtics of the 60s or the Steelers of the 70s or the Bulls of the 90s or whatnot. I mean, there was a lot of parity in the NBA during that era where you were playing. And you were drafted the summer after Russell retired, coming off that 11th championship. And you went through a down year or two, and then Red started to slowly add to that core where you were there. John Havlicek was there. Then he picked Dave Cowens and whatnot. Do you think that there's a case for the Boston Celtics as being the team of the 1970s in the NBA? Well, very well it could be, uh, but uh, we were just, you know, going through it, and uh, you'd add a piece, and you'd add another, and and uh, if 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 one uh, Celtic had gone through it, it was replaced, and so we always had, you know, the right piece, you know, to to go with the rest of the pieces to make up a you know, you know, a team and to be able to to do some things that that other uh teams just haven't uh, you know uh, achieved during the during the years that they were with the Celtics. Do you ever sort of feel that those nineteen seventies teams that you were on, were they a bit overlooked because if so, I mean, for any reason, is it because maybe Boston was just so hockey obsessed during that during those years, or maybe because the NBA really hadn't caught on in the American society yet the way it did when Bird and Magic came in the game? Do you think that those teams are overlooked just slightly? Well, I, I think so, but it, it just seemed like the, their, their teams fit in the era that they were going through, and and for, for some reason or another, you know, it wasn't it wasn't you know. Um, uh, teams that are de- developing and and their look is the thing. It just seemed like the, those teams and the, and the different players that made up those teams seemed like they they supposed to have been where they they came up. But at the same time, uh, they were supposed to be where they were. I mean, they were like they were like awesome team players, you know. Even though uh, they had uh, uh, the, the what what went along with them was you know when when they introduced them to with with with, with other teams i mean those te- those players on those teams like they were supposed to be exactly where they were but yet until they were i, I don't know if if i'm explaining it like it like it seems like they're supposed to be where they are but at the same time uh you you expect 
during that era, you know, it, it, the, the, the players that made up that area like they're supposed to be there. But you don't know which one's going to be there, so it looked kind of strange. But they were fantastic players, you know, that makes up teams during that era, and, and, and they were able to deliver that, you know, and, and those, those teams during that era like they're supposed to be where they're supposed to be. No, I actually think that, in this of my opinion as an observer, that I think that that was sort of the most that that those teams really embodied what the Celtics have pretty much been about. I mean, you had just players that really just perfectly fit in place. I mean, you obviously had Paul Westfall, who was later traded, obviously for Charlie Scott, but Paul Silas yep. was a huge part of that team. We all know the impact that he had on that team, and then even yep. the impact that I mean, he had when obviously he was moved on. It really sort of sent that those teams in a bit of a downward spiral. There, everything sort of came undone fairly quickly. But it's interesting to me that you know when you mention the Celtics to the most casual NBA fan or or even Celtics fan, like they immediately yep. conjure up an image of Larry Bird or obviously the unprecedented 1960s dynasty. But for anyone, like I, I say like myself, who truly has an un- understanding of what the Celtics have generally been about and what their identity has been on the court, you know, the fast yeah. break, maybe not being the most athletic or the biggest team, but a collection of players who outwork you and obviously never having the leading score in the NBA for one season and more so being a team with shared contributions from the majority of the roster. I'd say that those 1970s teams certainly personified that. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were right there, and it just seemed like those those individual things that that all of those those uh, players during that time they knew what was expected of them, and 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 how to deliver it, and and those who were coming along knew that the as we go, I, I fit right into this this socket, you know, and and, and teams were were ongoing. You know, when, when when some of those same teams that you talk about how they presented themselves, they were able to go on, you know, by following those ones who have gone before them. You know, and it's it's, it's like the, the the drawing. You just step into it, and hey, and, and, and those guys fit into into that that era that they're going through. Trying not to go past, you know, what what, what how all of this just been smoothly. You know, and brought at those those players, and they kind of knew uh, ahead what was expected of them. And once it, they went out there, you, 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 you see how they operated together. You know, from a team kind of thing. It, it, was, it was like it was it was supposed to be what it was. You know, and, and you got it. It's it, 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 it sounds like it's it's it's, it's stranger than it than it is. But if you were one of those players, you'd be saying, oh, now I'm, not, I'm taking, you know, the, the position of this player that went before me. And it's just passed on down to those ones who, who, who fit in that, those, those different slots. Because once you were saying to, you know, you, you're Celtic, I mean, it's just, it was just it's one, one of a kind type, you know. I mean, how, how well can you play team ball with the team who's supposed, supposedly one of the, the best teams, you know, in the world? I definitely have to get into that, the significance of being a seller, because that was something that was very important during your, your age. Also, during during the 60s, there were guys like, you know, it, that's why they kept winning for so long, because, you know, one guy would retire or move on, and the next guy would come in and help out. But obviously, yeah. I definitely... 
have to obviously give credit to for Tommy Heinsohn for being the man who sort of created that image of the Celtics as he's used the last 30 years of Celtics telecast to talk about hustle plays and shouting run, run, yeah. run. So we immediately think of all the, the coaching he did under those 1970s teams. But we're obviously talking about the significance of being a Celtic. And I, I know it may sound obvious to some and to others. They may even like roll their eyes when you bring it up. But there's not a former Celtic who I've spoken to, be it now just yourself, former champions with the team, or even those who weren't even privileged enough to be on the best of Celtics teams, yet they all universally say what an honor it truly was to put on the jersey. To the best of your abilities, and you had just done so, could you have tried even, you know, further sum up that significance? Oh, well, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it, it was an honor, you know, to, to even been chosen to be a Celtic, you know, uh, uh, it, it was just certain the ways you, you, you carry yourself or the way you go about, you know, uh, 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 putting on the uniform. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was an honor, you know, uh, and it was for whatever reason, it, it seemed like you walk different, you know, and if, if you, you don that, that, uh, that, that, uh, uh, uh uniform and and, and 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 go against the enemies it just seemed like you you you're a different person but at the same time you know it seemed like you just wearing that uniform just gave you a better uh, or a different step uh honored step you know to 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 be able to you know to don play the uniform and and, and play for what, what being a self means I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just truly amazing. It's it's like you have to sort of experience it to truly get it, yeah. I guess. I mean, because, yeah. like I said, everyone whom I've spoken to, be it, you know, champions, all-stars, or even down to just like, you know, back end of the bench role players who are just happy to be in the NBA, they all I mean, pretty much reiterate the same thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, people generally don't leave the Celtics on their own will. I mean, it's like once they get there, they stay and... I had this conversation with Rick Rosbeck on this show recently about, you know, pitching free agents as soon as this summer. Can the Celtics mystique and aura that comes with its historical significance and a chance for a player to, you know, even etch out his own legacy with this organization, could that truly entice an impact player to play in Boston? I don't, I don't know uh, because the, we had to wear, you know, the, the, the players that came through, you know, during those eras, you know, wanted to know, you know, what, what, what all do do you all bring to the table when you have to go out and and and, and play with the same, not the same guys, but some of the same, uh, uh, what it takes to put those 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 players together. You know, I mean, the, the thinking is 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 is, is the same that uh, throws out. The type of type of uh, um, teams that they were putting out on the, on, on, on the floor. Uh, I mean, it seemed like if, in order to be a Celtic, you had to go through these same motions before you understand what what being a Celtic is all about. Does like I said, it's like you certainly have to you have to be here to sort of understand. And I was definitely I'm, I'm still sort of on that topic of, of obviously this yeah. summer being a big summer for the team and. I mean, you actually played in very tumultuous times during this city, obviously, to say that Boston during the 1970s was tumultuous is a bit of an understatement. But do you buy any of the notion that right now that 
Boston could hinder the prospect of getting players to be able to play here? Well, we're going through the process uh, because a lot of the what makes you go around is not, you know, that type of play and team play is 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 is, is not going through a time where you know it's it's it, it's the 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 team flavor of, of putting those team on the floor is, is now you know it, it, it's it's totally different you know it, it, that that you don't see that as as, as much uh, with, with 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 guys talking more about what what's important to being a, a team player as it would just be an individual player and um, trying to see how much I can get paid to just to go out and, and I mean it's it's this is flowing back to to what what being a Celtic is all about. You see. And uh as you go players are starting to understand a little bit better as to why you know, during those eras, you know, they played the team ball. You know, uh, uh what what's why why it's so important and, and, and you can see why how you know they they, they they did so well as a team because they operated as a team. And see right now we're getting away from that. And we're trying to now bring that that back what what the team play means, you know, and, 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 and why it it, it it was the turnout was was like it was because we all always operated as a team. You said we got away from that, so now we're bringing that 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 back. So now let's shift to this year's Boston Celtics team, which I know you hold this organization so dearly in your heart. You've been at the games for many, many years. You follow them as fervently as any former player, any fan. We know how you appreciate the greatness of this organization. And now, after a one-year absence, they have returned to the postseason. How proud are you of this particular group of Celtics? I'm 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 excited about them. I'm, hey, I, I, I am too, know, especially I, I, going forward. I think yeah, this is all bonus stuff, in my opinion. Well, but 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 you get to see it. You get to be right there with it. You get to to know at the end of it. You know why we the opportunities we had winning, the opportunities we had losing. But we have had opportunities, and we will contend to do that as long as they're playing. You know the kind of uh, team membership. You know, uh, 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 teams that they're putting out there, and they continue to play at both ends. Hey, they're gonna be involved. Every team that is going out there and, and, and won, and I don't give a damn what team they were on. They cross their fingers and hope you know some things go that way. I knew from 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 that vantage point. But I'm saying I'm looking at your team, you know, from where I saw it to where it is. Where it is, they can compete with anybody. You know, so their chances has risen even all year. You know, and they haven't even reached you know the 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 the, the height that they even capable of. They're finding that way as they go. So they got a lot. They got a lot to live for. They got a lot to to continue. I mean, like go ahead. So I sit back and I I played under those conditions and 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 and, and against teams through a season like they're going through now. And that, that's what I was saying earlier. They, they're exciting. I mean, because they're first and foremost, they're bringing a game every day. They're bringing a game every day. Every day play. You know, when, he get out, when they get out on that floor, they bring, they bring some, some they bring some heat. <laughs> Good luck to all of them. The thing is, is they're there. 
you see, you, you, don't, you, can, you can talk about it, you can go in the bathroom and jump up and down, but if you're not there, it, it, and by that I mean, you know, as you have gone, you've grown. You know, you've, you've accepted what, what is. You know, those who have to do certain things for, for your team on a consistent basis are, 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 are looking and, and looking to, you know, put their part in. And if everybody plays, you know, and come at each and every game, you know, like they played the last one, then they, they got a chance like everybody else. And not, not only that, too, you have, obviously, and you mentioned it, is that experience they are getting here in these playoffs. And because of that, if I feel like that means they're a bit ahead of schedule in terms of getting back to where they need to be, and we all know what that is. Do you sort of feel the same way in that? Well, you know, they're going through a, 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 a game or, or, or quarters of games that they, – they, they, it's, a lot of the players had, haven't had to do. I mean, so this is this is understanding what being in a, in a uh, you know being a pro is about. It's just, it's all about executing. It's about doing those things that it takes for your your team to to be successful. So you know, it it, it can be three things tonight. It can bring five things in the next game. It's, it's like on a consistent basis. They come. First and foremost, they come to play. You see, and you, you can you can see that when they take the floor. You know, so you, you've got something to, to 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 look great for. It's a lot of things to work for. Uh, uh, not only just one or two people. You talk about your whole team, because when you say that, you talk about the team that you've uh, put together. So I'm I'm excited for them. I say good luck. Uh, you know, these guys. You know, I watched all year and. Every time he's gotten, they've gotten on the floor, you know, they've continued to, you know, to uh, to grow. And I, I see that, uh, you know, them grow. So I'm kind of excited to see him, uh, how it continues to come. Yeah, and because of that, I had Wick Grosbeck on the show a few weeks ago, and I asked him, you know, whether or not, you know, whatever happens, if yeah. the season is, is a success or not, do you sort of feel the same way? It just I think it's pretty much all set in stone here. Are you ready to call the season, you know, a success at least? Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you you know, through the continuous of, and growth of, of, your, of your, your squad, it, it, it would, uh, would dictate to you how far we can go. Uh, they don't even know. But, but see, there wasn't time. He wasn't, he wasn't, the team was not where it is now. You see, in all of those, it's, it's for a reason. You see what I'm saying? And as you go, you get a lot more confident in what it is that you're doing as a unit. You see? You start, you start to, you know, um, uh, uh, count on one another. And they start to be accountable, you know, and they continue to work and, and find those things that work and continue to do those and add those things that they're finding out, oh, yeah, that does work. You know, so from 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 a distance, you know, I mean, I, I'm proud of them. I mean, I don't, I I, <laughs> I wish I did work them, you know, uh, just to be being around. Uh, but you guys got a a, a a true opportunity to join what that team is all about. How about maybe if there's possibly any similarities you see with these young guys to where you were in the early '70s when you guys took some lumps there early on. Like I mentioned earlier in the interview, there were a few rough seasons, but 
Then you made the playoffs a few times. You had some battles with the Knicks where they initially came out on top before you finally broke through them and then ultimately won the championship. Do you see similarities with where the Celtics are now to say where you guys were in 1970 or 71? I don't. You know, uh, the inside, uh, this this team, the the, the big plus is is you're, You're not an uh, old uh, franchise. I mean, these are, these are young guys. These, are, these guys are still get, get, finding how to work, you know, and how you take what you got and, and make even better out of it. They're, they're going through that. So um, I, I'm still looking at, the, at the, how far can you go. And then you'll be able to step back and say, whoa, I didn't even know they, they, they can go that far. You know, but you're, they're learning how to play it together. They're learning how to to uh, uh, continue to work, you know, from the floor on up. You see, and that makes them tough every time they come out, to, out, out on that floor because you, you, you start to believe in, in, in what you are as a player and as a team. But really, isn't that how, I mean, you guys sort of did it, I thought? I mean, I thought, you know, you, I, obviously your team, had some veterans already on it with, you know, John Havlicek and Don Nelson. But I thought, you know, you, you could sort of make those similar comparisons and Red well, obviously. Over, Go ahead. Over, over a period, you know, we had, you know, uh, uh, experience, you know. It was like, uh, and, and just step back and look at your team. I mean, you know, one day you got three, you know, uh, important players, and then the next day that some players not in that, in another good players. So being fooled as a team, uh, can you can you say how good we are? No, you don't. But you know they're getting better than they were when they first came. That's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, you're understanding from player on on down how to play, how to learn, how to sup, you know, come with uh, uh, energy ready to play, and and it shows. You know, uh, I I see the, the the players standing up now and and, and, and clapping for the players because they're excited too. And, and see, that's that, that's what makes your team. You understand? It takes all of that. Yeah, I have to shift to the other side. Uh, we're watching LeBron here in this series. Uh, special talent, as we know. I, in, I, when we know he's an all-time great. Do you mind if I ask you this? Where do you think he sort of ranks all-time amongst the game's greatest players? Well, right, 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 right now he doesn't. I mean, you know, I mean, has he gone a, a, a full season? I mean, has he, you know, as he goes, you know, it's, it's, it's outstanding things that happen for his team. But what have they won? What have they, um, you know, nothing. You, you, you've got a chance to go that way. Now, what you do with it, we, we'll see. And, I mean, you know, those who look at that ball, you everybody can have a great game. I mean, on the continuous, you know, what makes them hungry? What makes them, them uh, continue to uh, uh, put out some good games? They have to continue to do that on a consistent basis. But, obviously, I think that could certainly change this year if yeah. he definitely wins a championship with another franchise. I would, you know, certainly have to say that's the case. And obviously, he does have that incredible individual talent. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see as we go. Right now, you know, you. I mean, it, it takes a team. 
I don't, I don't give a damn how good one, two players is without, you know, the 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 the, the other players that makes your, your team roll, you know, for for a whole team. Then then we'll be able to find out all that. Right now they've um, they they've had people look at them like, where did these guys come from? You know, and they're getting better as they roll out. They're finding out, you know, better even yet, you know, uh, uh, go out there and do what they have to do in order to be able to, uh, you know, compete each and every day. Great way to finish up on that note. Obviously made a mention earlier to our listeners about JoJo's biography. The book is still available, and you can grab yourself an autographed copy by JoJo and the author by heading on over to markbodanza.com or by simply calling, get your pen and paper ready, 978-230-1128. Again, that's 978-230-1128. Once again, if you want to pick up yourself or for someone else, an autographed copy by the man himself, make it count, the life and times of basketball great JoJo White. And Mao, more than just basketball great, JoJo White, NBA Hall of Famer to be this September. JoJo, congratulations once again, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Celtics Beat. Thank you for bringing me aboard. I, I, I really can't tell you how how good this feels, you know, uh, and uh, at this time in my, my my career, but at the same time uh, being away from my, you know, uh, ball players and teammates, uh, I miss them as, as much. But uh, it, it was such an awe of of going through and being developed as you go and the ones that we followed. Uh, uh, the, the game passed on down to, to those who were coming out, coming around. Uh, I mean, I, I, I adored, you know, uh, um, uh, going through it and, and getting polished by the, the, the best in the game and being a part of, of that as well. JoJo, I like to think that it's safe to say that me as well as the rest of our audience – I want to say if we equally share your excitement, but we are certainly infinitely happy for you, and we were, like, once again, equally appreciative for taking the time so much. Thank you once again. Thank you. Yes, once again, congratulations to JoJo White on his way to Springfield this September. A great thing for JoJo. Really puts the cherry on top of what was an impeccable NBA career. Like I said, once again, Pretty much did it all. Gold medalist, NBA champion, all-star, all the work he has provided the Boston Celtics in the community during his post-playing days. Now a Hall of Famer, a great accolade for JoJo, and of course, great for the Boston Celtics, another Hall of Famer out there in Springfield. And a fun conversation to say the very least. Obviously hard not to feel a similar amount of joy. He still has in these days, actually now weeks more accurately after this announcement, incredible he still feels this kind of excitement. Great talks, great conversations about his career, all the great teams that he was on, the great games. Obviously, he was probably involved in arguably the greatest game of them all, Game 5 of 1976 NBA Finals against Phoenix, the triple overtime game. And obviously, how his teams in the 70s, like this Celtics team, grew and evolved as a team to where it got to that point where they finally broke that door down and established themselves as one of the league's elite teams at that time for really an extended period of time. Really, they were a dominant team throughout much of the 1970s there. And, of course, winning the two championships in 1974 and 1976. I believe they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think, about five years in a row. I think I think it might have, they might have been the 70s, the, the semis in 72. But I know from 73 to 77, they were in the Conference Finals every year. 
and that's obviously the goal for this era of Celtics, as it is really for any pro sports teams in that matter, try to win championships, but more importantly, at least be in that position year in and year out to win the championships, as JoJo and those Celtics teams were throughout much of that decade. And then, of course, talking about these Celtics with JoJo, where despite where they stand this in this series, how excited, as that was the word he actually used for them, just being in these playoffs, and more importantly, where they stand going forward. Here's a guy who's been around this organization for as long as he has, going on almost 50 years now, believe it or not, as a player. Then, of course, working in the organization, doing all the great work in the community, and just being a fan like the rest of us. He's been a staple at the Garden as a patron for so many years, and now he's watching this series. Obviously, the Celtics are just outmatched here. They've had a great season. A lot has been accomplished, and even better things are going to be coming here going forward. But as I said on last week's show, there's just too much talent on the other side. Just Kyrie Irving, as if he wasn't a name already, has really put himself on the map now, particularly after that huge game one on the Sunday afternoon back on ABC last Sunday. And, of course, that LeBron James guy who I asked JoJo about, and I was planning to, on where he stands amongst the game's pantheon greats you know, with the Jordans, the Russells, the Magics, the Birds, the Kareems, and Interesting how JoJo doesn't think he's there, comma, yet. Obviously, if his career ended today, that is. and Maybe if it did, Boston would have a much better chance in this series. But it is interesting if LeBron's career ended this very second, whenever you are listening to this show, where would he rank amongst the all-time greats? Is he already a top five player in the history of the game? Has he actually surpassed? Larry Bird at the small forward position on the NBA's elusive all-time starting five. I think it's safe to say when his career is done, because quite frankly, just on the physical gifts he has alone and the way he takes care of his body, he should still be great for quite a few more years, actually. And in that case, he'll continue to add what he's already done. And I can safely also predict that he will add to his two championships that he already has as well. And in that case, that does happen. I think he will he will create a space for himself in that minuscule triangle at the top of the NBA's food pyramid, which I believe only includes Bill Russell and Michael Jordan. LeBron James has a chance to get into that. And he'll likely definitely be at worst a top five player when it's all said and done and most assuredly will replace Bird on the all-time team if he hasn't already. But that is the question we are going to have a little fun with here. Has LeBron already etched himself amongst the game's pantheon? I know the game pretty much has this top seven that is unarguable before there's a drop-off to like the guys like the Shaqs, the Olajuwans, Jerry Wests. And to me, the pantheon is... In no order, Michael, Russell, Bird, Magic, Wilt, Kareem, and Oscar. It's no particular order. And has LeBron already cracked that? Well, according to JoJo, right now the answer is no. And I think that is very, very close. Like I said today, right now. I think he'll obviously get into that when it's all said and done. He'll obviously separate himself from that, I guess, the Elgin Baylor tear, if you will. But right now, I think that's where LeBron James is, that next tear from the Pantheon. However, with the potential where he can only add to what he's done. To me, I think when this is when the book's been written, LeBron is going to be like the Wayne Gretzky of basketball, the most individually gifted player and captivating athlete, if you will, the sport has seen, who was also 
just exceptional for such a long period of time. I mean, how long was Gretzky in the NHL and doing what he did? I mean, it was like 18 years, 19 years, something like that. Before those years, I think, were like the Blues and the Rangers where he was still an effective player, but he was nowhere near the level that people have come accustomed to of noting what Wayne Gretzky truly was. I think you'll see that with LeBron and like Gretzky. They're both going to have just so many seasons of individual greatness. I mean, like I said a little earlier, I think LeBron is likely to grab another championship or two, or I don't want to get them the three, four, five nonsense, but I, I, I safely can predict I do not think he's won his last championship. And if and when he does, I think as stated, if you break the NBA's greats up into a food pyramid, forget this Mount Rushmore BS and who's the greatest ever and blah, 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 blah. Break it up into a pyramid. To me, you get at the tippity top, you have that teeny little minuscule triangle which is only occupied by Russell and Jordan. The greatest ever debate starts and ends with them, in my opinion. Forget all these other names. And then I think you can draw a line, and you have another group, a little bigger, but a very small little box there, which is Magic, Kareem, Bird, Oscar, Wilt. You can juggle those guys, if you will. I kind of will accept any order with any of those players, in my opinion. And then you draw another line, and it's, just, it's a bigger group. And I think you got guys like Duncan, Shaq, Hakeem, Jerry West, I think that's where LeBron is right now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then down you go, you can draw another line. And, you know, we'll be here all day or even all week, if you will. But I think LeBron certainly has a shot to get to the top of the pyramid. There's no doubt about it. And at this rate, I think he will. But as we know, you cannot project as anything can happen. We mentioned Larry Bird. And look how fast unraveled, I guess, is the word for him. I think that's a little overdoing it as he was still very good at the end of his career. But, I mean, in 1988, he had that out-of-this-world season. He was like 29.9 points. It was 12 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean, it was just off the charts. Had that incredible season, individual season. But then, following the season, he starts getting injuries. He had the heel problems out for the year, and he's never really the same guy. He gets the back issues. He's in and out of the lineup for the last three or four years of his career, and then that's it. He retires a few years later. Magic Johnson, same thing. I mean, one one year removed from his third MVP in the previous four years, had the Lakers, the defending Western Conference champions, contract HIV, bang, done. Uh, Save for a cameo appearance uh, five years later, masquerading as a power forward, just but that just kind of shows you just really don't know. Is this, uh, it can just sort of anything can happen as, as bizarre as it sounds. And yes, there are already some chinks with that with LeBron and his armor. But at the very least, he isn't as dynamic as he was when he was just the, at the absolute peak of his powers in years like 2012 or something. As, but as we know, athleticism it starts to go around the age of 30. I used to talk about that so much with Rajon Rondo. But that's just the case for everybody. Testosterone levels start to drop. Your body isn't this well-oiled machine anymore. But still, he's LeBron is still, as we're seeing right now, he's still going to be putting up these otherworldly seasons, affecting what happens on the court, maybe more than any player in the league, not named Anthony Davis, probably more than, it's really between him and Anthony Davis, in my opinion. But we'll continue to watch. The odds are, He's going to be in his fifth straight finals, which is unheard of, but that's very taxing as well. Magic, Larry, Michael, those guys, they never did that. They never played in five straight NBA finals. I believe Magic and Larry did four in a row. I think Larry was the last one to do it before LeBron, but that's a ton of miles, a lot of miles on the body, so... 
it is a fun debate, and it is fun to debate, and it's certainly fun to watch. I mean, say what you want about LeBron. He is truly one of the most enjoyable people to watch play this sport and is one of the most riveting athletes in any sport of all time. So we are being entertained at the minimum here, which I guess is all you want as a sports fan. Maybe not if it's your Celtics fan is done at the expense of your favorite team. But he's certainly generated a lot of dialogue and a lot of discussion off the court as well as we discuss his merits amongst the game's true greats in the second half of his career here. So JoJo White doesn't believe LeBron has reached the Pantheon yet. I say no either. However, he is teetering on such Pantheon already, and odds are against that he will not end up making it. But like I said, when it's all said and done, at this rate, he's going to be one of the two or three best ever with a guy who can make a claim as one of the all-times best. So if you want to continue to talk about that, give us your opinion. You can just log us on to facebook.com slash CelticsBeat. Pitch your opinion. We'll be sure to check it out because I know it's going to generate a lot of discussion and a lot of debate. That's facebook.com slash CelticsBeat. And we'll be back on the other side of the break as we pause for a brief few seconds for station identification. Hi, this is Jeff Kane, host of Patriots Beat Podcast, the number one podcast on the web covering your Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Like all of CLNS Radio's great podcasts, it is available for download on clnsradio.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thank you for your continued listenership of CLNS Radio's programming. To find out how you can continue to support CLNS, log on to www. Patreon.com slash CLNS Radio. That's Patreon.com slash CLNS Radio. And now back to Celtics Beat. And now, more accurately, actually, time for Around the NBA in five. So here we go. Let's start with a non playoff team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are almost always in the playoffs, at least since they drafted Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook back at the end of last decade, have been a playoff stalwart for so many years. Not this year, obviously, of course, because of the injury to Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook tried doing the best he could. Getting the Thunder in the playoffs wasn't enough. And because of that, Scotty Brooks, one of the best young coaches in the game, had the Thunder in the NBA Finals a few years ago when the team was very green, very young. All those players in their very, very early 20s gets the boot. He's out of there. Uh, I think it's a terrible, terrible decision. I mentioned in the last week's show how his job security was up in the air. They made it official just the other day, earlier in the week. I think this is, I think for them, this is just another sign that everything for them is just really slowly unraveling here. And I think when we look back on every everything, when we talk about how this Thunder team is going to fall apart, and I think it's all but a lock that it will. I do see Kevin Durant leaving after next season, and when he does, I believe Russell Westbrook will be not too far out the door. We'll look back on that James Harden trade really as the beginning of the end for them. I use the 1990s Orlando Magic comparison with them. I think something more like the 1980s Rockets or even the, the 90s Mariners with Griffey A-Rod, Jay Buhner, Randy Johnson, those guys. That sort of slowly unraveled, whereas the 90s Magic, it was just, you know, as soon as Shaq left, which was very surprising at the time to everybody. And it's just that that's really when it blew up from there, but... There have now been signs with this Thunder team. Obviously, they've had the bad injuries in the playoffs. They lost Westbrook one season. They lost Durant this year. But that Harden trade, that's really when everything just came undone for them. They've never even come close to replicating what they did 
not just in 2012 when they reached the NBA Finals, but even giving Dallas a series in the 2011 Western Conference Finals with that very young, very green team. Now they're a team with all this veteran experience. I believe they've reached one conference final since. They've lost in the first round some years. They've lost, they've, you know, they didn't make the playoffs this year. I believe they do not have Kevin Durant. But this is sort of slowly coming undone, and I don't really expect the Thunder to hire anybody special. You have Clay Bennett as the owner. I expect the classic retread hire. I wouldn't, you know, I mentioned to Sean Devaney the other day. I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like North Turner roll on the sidelines. Wrong sport, but that's sort of what I'm getting at here in terms of who I think it's going to be hire. It's going to be very. Uh, it's not going to instill much excitement because they're not really going to expend money on an exciting young candidate or a candidate with any credibility whatsoever. Speaking of getting into credibility, let's actually discuss some awards. Obviously, the big award that is in the mind of Celtics fans, at least earlier in the week, Lou Williams got the Sixth Man of the Year award over Boston's very own Isaiah Thomas. Interesting choice. I think Lou Williams, he got off to that such a good start, and more importantly, it was Toronto getting off to such a good start, and that sort of got in everybody's mind, oh, Lou Williams, Sixth Man of the Year, Lou Williams, Sixth Man of the Year, Lou Williams, Sixth Man of the Year. So that really put a guy like Thomas in an uphill battle, and he was in such a, a bad situation for much of the season. He was contributing to that Suns team, but he wasn't contributing much in the terms of wins and losses, right? I mean, that was a 500 team. For much of the season, even when he was there, 500 team when he left, huge help to the Celtics, critical. I mean, he essentially was a primary reason why they reached the postseason, but he was fighting an uphill battle because I think Lou Williams had that award pretty much there done for him at the beginning of the season. I think the great second half that Thomas had after the trade deadline really was what got into discussion. However, let's put it this way. If Thomas is still coming off the bench for the Celtics next season, I think he is more than enough the odds-on favorite to win that award. I think there's also another interesting choice for an award. Uh, Kawhi Leonard getting the Defensive Player of the Year award. No Draymond Green. There's a bit of this San Antonio Spurs bias in that we have this uh, – sense that we created for ourselves that the Spurs, the defensive team, and the Warriors are the offensive team because the Warriors for so many years were the team that scored 110 points a game but gave up 115, and the Spurs have always had this defensive identity to go along with their efficient offense in terms of ball movement and spacing. But I think there is a little bit of a Spurs. I think the advanced numbers certainly show that Draymond Green is far more effective on the defensive end of the court, and obviously he's far more versatile, which is saying something because Kawhi Leonard can guard three, maybe even four positions. But Draymond Green, he's been guarding centers sometimes this year. I mean, he's really done it all. And unfairly, we're forgetting that Golden State was actually one of the top defensive teams. Like I said, we have this bias and this perception that we've created for Golden State. It's just nothing but a run-and-gun team, and they had this very successful season, and it was done more so on their offense and obviously the great backcourt play that they've had. But they were a great defensive team, and that's how they made that leap. And by far, the leading man of that was Draymond Green. So interesting choice, to say the least. And one more, obviously, Boonholzer over Kerr for Coach of the Year. I don't know, 67 wins. But, hey, decisions are the decisions, and they're not mine to make, unfortunately. And I'm only here to talk about them talk about this on the show, which unfortunately, again, is all over. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Celtics Beat. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock. Premium Beat, Chuck Dietz, Ostravex, and Steph Legrato. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat, and you can like Celtics Beat on Facebook to keep up with the show. That's Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. like to thank our guest, JoJo White. Congratulations on going to the Basketball Hall of Fame. 
Let's thank our sponsors, lynda.com and Audible, for making this all possible. For our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, and myself, the executive producer and host of Seller's Beat, I'm Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday with special guest Jay King of Mass Live for another edition of Celtics Pete, heard exclusively on CLNS Radio.